podcast name play nobody um you're not allowed to leave the house we genuinely try for you not to leave the house um we keep you isolated it's it's really a quarantine because so please name and don't give me any commentary yet (laughs) you're always wanting to get out and do my job and go out and talk to coaches so who are the three coaches that you went out and saw this offseason I saw Joe Moorhead, I saw Mark Richt, Uh and I saw UNLV's Tony Sanchez. Did you give them a disease? I I mean, well, you know, Moorhead is, Moorhead's emerging. He was the first one infected and he has started to recover from it, um, at least until getting Alabama. I was about to say, he's playing Bama. (laughs) But they have, um, you know, obviously since losing two in a row, they've won three out of four. They um beat AM pretty handily. So they're all they they have rebounded to some degree. Uh so that is a good sign for Miami because I saw Rick about three to four weeks later, I believe, after Moorhead. Um and so maybe that means the infection has run its course there. Poor Tony Sanchez is screwed. Uh because I, I, I didn't see him till like two months after that. Basically the moral of this story and then you could also include uh, Mike Gundy who whose Cowboys last year uh, finished the season a little bit disappointingly and this season has been at least a little bit on the disappointing side. So the, the moral of this, of this story is get me to Tuscaloosa. Figure, let's figure out a way to convince Nick Saban that he needs to talk to me and I will solve everyone's problems. I'm fine with this. All right. Wow. <clears throat> We accomplished something in the first like two minutes of the show. So yes, figure out the access. I, I don't know who I have to talk to here, um, but figure that out. I will do my job, and I will, t- you know, I'll take one for the team, and everybody will be better off for it. This is podcast ain't played nobody. It's college football marriage of numbers and words. My name is Stephen Godfrey. You can reach me at thirty eight Godfrey. That is the robot Bill Connolly. Uh, you can reach him at sbn underscore Bill C. He's the writer of multiple books, the inventor and proprietor of the SP Plus analytics system. But you know what? That doesn't matter because it's my time now. It's my time. People are getting fired. This is where daddy shines. This is where I make my money. This, when do you become an agent, by the way? Because, I mean, this, this is you're going to have it all internalized this, and memorized. This is, this, is, this is it. This is the mana. Um, Ah, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Um, people are getting canned. I can say that. I thought about introducing the following as a maybe like a su- suggested show topic, but I don't think there. I think the consensus is pretty pretty strong in that you should never celebrate anyone losing their job. But these are not jobs. These are these are just we're, we're moving around large bank vaults, right? <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. I, I, so I'm writing a piece right now about Larry Fedora. We'll get to it in a second. Because I'm just going to use a podcast to pester Bill about content that I'm supposed to create. But, um, like, if Larry Fedora gets fired, he's like, the estimates on his buyout are between 12 and $14 million. So, like, yeah. I don't feel that bad. I mean, like, we, and, and I like Larry Fedora as a person or whatever, but like, he's fine. But, hell of a six pack. Who cares? Like, it's not like, oh man, the factory shut down. Like, any of the people that we're about to talk to are going to, almost certainly work again if they want to and not need to work by any normal American standard for a very long time. And they could end up on TV in a much easier job, making pretty good money too. Yeah. I was say, still making really good money while quote unquote, not working. So no, I mean, we can, we can roll around in this, right? Yeah. Um, and before we get to North Carolina, I did, I just realized something else. Number one, uh, in our, 
Reddit Ask PAPN in the in the ongoing Ask PAPN uh, thread at Reddit. Uh, one of the top questions right now is from Mike Leach the Pirate, who says, "Willie Fritz to Kansas, let's make this happen." Yeah, uh, that reminded me that after uh, interviewing Joe Moorhead, the family and I drove down to New Orleans, where I took some time off to visit Tulane. Yeah, but that didn't count. It, well, it did because Tulane started two and five this year. But oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. They beat Tulsa. They whooped USF. They just went from having like 15% chance of making a bowl to a 65% chance of making a bowl. So I'm telling you, it wears off. Miami fans, you just got to survive this for like another week or two, and then it's going to wear off, and and you guys are going to be good again. I'm telling you. Um, man, there's okay, a lot to unpack there, um, and I hate using that phrase. I'll, maybe next week we can get into the whole expanding – like. Uh, the Fritz meme aside on the show, like maybe next week we, we can get into, I'm developing a theory that I want to push as like a, a campaign to get one of these option coaches out yeah. of the academies and into like a P five job. Not because I love the academies. Um, I just want that tree to like sort of overcome these weird boundaries that we've set around it. Like option coaches need to be able to integrate back into regular college football, uh, I think with less, <laughs> less bias than we're seeing. Right. Yeah. So there's that. Um, this USF thing is like all of a sudden a thing. I know everybody has been with, like talking about it for about a month that they were just of that group of undefeateds across, across FBS. Everyone said, well, like they're the imposter. They're not right. that good. They're not that good. Um, a lot of people said that about Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati is like good. They're yeah, ahead of schedule. They're yeah, good. they're solid. They're, they're good. It's that's a program I've done a lot of work with, and I I just haven't even thought about this year because early on we were like, okay, very much in like a year one five two. Oh yeah yeah yeah. They're like, way man, ahead of wow. what I thought. Yeah, super good job. Good job, guys. Um, love your town. Uh, love your <laughs> hair. Hope you win, as they say in the pageants. Um, USF. He did, he stops getting the Texas money. I, I believe it's this year. So everybody's assumption was that Charlie Strong was going to parlay and try and get back into the P five, but mm-hmm. there's a chance that they could just get just dragged for the rest of the season. Yeah, they are. Um, I mean, they're still thirty third on offense and offensive SP. But obviously, they laid a giant egg against Tulane. There's no getting around that. There's just something about that game, and it was bad. Yeah. No, I mean, it absolutely was. I guess the reassuring thing here is that, like, um, I mean, Memphis looked strangely bad against Tulane a month or two ago, a month and a half ago, and then then picked it back up afterwards. So it wasn't, yeah. like, a sign of overall impending collapse. They still have a chance. Right. The problem is, as you're insinuating, at Cincinnati this week, at Temple the next, UCF at home the next, there are – Let's see. They are five, seven and two right now, and they have a thirty-two percent chance per S and P plus of finishing seven and five, and then a forty-five, a seventy-seven percent chance of finishing eight and four at best. So, you know, and honestly, though, like this might just be a case where we set the bar too high to start, like during the run, because I mean, eight and four, they're they're borderline top fifty in S and P right now. If they end up eight and four in the top sixty, that's not bad for USF. It's bad when like UCF is still doing what they're doing, um, and and Cincinnati's picking up steam and somehow Cincinnati's in your same damn division. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's worrisome, but it's not horrible by any means. Um, it's not horrible, but it's also not going to get him a job. So, well, yeah, he's going to be there for a minute. Yeah, um, yeah, that's, I mean, I'm sure he doesn't mind like too Charlie, much. I'm just, I mean, I, 
it's I always, I always say these things. I say these things genuinely, and then everyone says, "Oh, what, what's what's wrong?" And I'm just like, "No, no, no. I'm just I'm just repeating what I'm told." Um, okay, so USF is a thing. Um, Western Kentucky. I was asked about that one. Um, I just don't I don't see it happening this year, mainly because that program. I don't think that program can afford or wants to undertake more debt to yeah. buy Mike Sanford out and then immediately go and try and make another like you know a plus g5 higher right and i don't think mike sanford's bad i don't think mike sanford's like i just think that there's a lot of things happening now with the ripple effect of recruiting especially and the fact that he wanted to change a lot of the stuff that brom did they're just sort of paying the price for that um I don't think there'll be a change there this year. I don't. Okay. I also don't think they're going to win it. They've got UTEP left, and that's it. So they're going to have a two-win season because they got Ooh. FAU and then somebody else. At, at FAU, UTEP at home at Louisiana Tech, and here's where I mentioned again that UTEP. Here's where I mentioned again that UTEP has improved a lot over the last month. So yeah, no, it may be a one-win season. I'm yeah. just saying, like, like you're going to have to have a controlled burn there. Um, yeah. There was not a, like there was a recruiting drop off there, and then when you combine that with a system change and a culture change, it's this was gonna happen. I didn't think it would be one or two wins, but this is gonna happen. Yeah. I no, don't. I definitely didn't I think don't think they're bad. cutting bait yet. Um, I think one and eleven though, like not that that's dramatically worse than two and ten, but like one and eleven, you almost feel like okay, we can't possibly be seen as being okay with this. And so they like that. That's when you could see a panic move, even if they don't plan on it. Yeah. So I, I still think that's on the table. If they really do lose at home in the home finale to UTEP, that's there, that, there could be, be a tough. rash of bad moves here because like, uh, uh, here's another one. UTSA is three and six right now. Yeah, okay? they are. And they just got humiliated by UAB. UAB absolutely killed those guys and they're coming off of three losses and, and all three teams are better. La Tech, Southern, Southern Miss and, and UAB. They still have FIU, Marshall and North Texas. Yeah. Best, by the way, we'll just open the show by going conference by conference. And <laughs> Apparently. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Um, FIU, Marshall and North Texas all could be losses. Um, yeah. Oh they yeah. Could, they could finish out and, and have three wins on the season. You don't fire Frank Wilson. You don't No. No, there's a. They only have like a 33 percent chance of winning another game this year. Um, that has been. And meanwhile, so they're down to 127th in S and P. We were talking about this earlier in the year. Like a drop off was to be expected. This is alarming, though. Um, yeah. There's no way around that. Meanwhile, Texas State's almost out of the damn hot top 100. They're up to 103rd. They've won two in a row. They almost beat ULM. They almost beat Georgia Southern. They've been like legitimately good the last month. Well, uh, Sun, Sunbelt good. Sunbelt good. But so Texas State is like a is it, it, it are they to put it in context for people is mm. it like a David Beatty situation RIP David Beatty where like <laughs> they finally at long last are showing a little bit of fight and but it's just too late Um this is what his this is his third year yeah. ever uh yeah um I would uh, I, well, let's put it this way: their fi- their home stretch here is Appalachian State at Troy State, Arkansas State. Um, oh, okay, all right. <laughs> so regression to mean right. So basically, like if they if they win one of these games, I, I think he can still save his job. I don't think this is a foregone conclusion, especially because their defense really is legitimately solid. Um, it's just they pr- if they turn around and with that legitimately solid defense, they still don't have an offense and they lose by 20 each of the next three games. That's yeah, you're back to being unsafe at that point. Yeah. 
Um, okay, as I scan through, the only one worth mentioning in the queue is obviously Rice, and they're in a year negative one. Oh. Um, so nothing's going to happen there. By the way, we did mention Texas State, so shout out to a uh, frequent listener, friend of the pod, and yeah. uh, someone who I DM for video game industry secrets a lot, Heather Carpenter. She <laughs> said, uh, I'll be traveling, so I can't do a proper Ask PAPM, but we need to take a moment to let Texas State being better than Louisville and S&P Plus truly Ooh. sink in. So go Texas State. Um, yeah. Um, that, that is a true thing. Uh, S&P hey, has them 103rd, and after last week's embarrassment, Louisville is 104th. Speaking of um, the video games real quick, do you know what I just purchased? Uh-oh. I was in L.A. for work, and they have like really cool vintage shops there. I well, now yeah. so like two months ago i got a copy of bill walsh college football for super oh nintendo. hell yeah now i have college football usa 97 for super nintendo hmm. for those of you who don't know you can check out our sister site polygon i have what's called an analog super nt which is basically something that plays original carts on like a really nice television this off season you and i when we share the same space and time we're about to fire some of these bad boys up <laughs> Because there's a lot of college football games back on the old, like the OG systems, and most of them are pure trash. But it sure is fun to go back in time. Yeah, I don't. I don't um, think I ever played that '97 game. I I, I remember. I vividly Bill remember Walsh is Bill the one Walsh. where it's like yeah. it, they don't even have the names of the schools. Right. It's so um, bad. It's really bad. Like, and that was I. I, I had a Sega, so I would have played it on Sega. Ugh. It was, it was Gross, wonderful. Bill. It was wonderful. No, it's not. Um, Texas State. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like I heard, I'm like, man, he might do it. This may be the year where we're just like, it'd be more fun to just cheer for a lot of these jobs to not open. Yeah, like, yeah, I don't God have knows anything. They've, they've, it's here's a here's a like they ate a mile of shit. There's your swear alert. Like down there, that is that has been an ignored hard ass job. And I mean, look, if they're not going to beat App and they're not going to beat Troy, and they're not going to beat Arkansas State. But no, if not, they won one of those, they games, might, yeah. If they won one of those games to finish with three wins after the midpoint in the season, when they let's see here, other than a win against Texas Southern, just rattled off how many straight five? Like, yeah, they were one and six. Six, yes, yeah, so they six. got crushed by Rutgers. Rutgers whooped their ass. And I remember taking a note in week one, thinking, like, all right, well, that job's officially open. Uh, so good on them, man. Now they may just make a change. I don't know. Yeah, I don't have anything personal against Ever Withers, and I know one of their staffers like that. I mean, good dude. Like, I, I, I hope they don't get fired just <clears throat> because no, I, don't, I don't have I, any reason I, I don't to hope for it. Be, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want them to get fired at all, just because you always hate it when you like you know a coach is good. And it's funny again. North Carolina mentioned there with Everett Ever Withers, right. but like you know that there's a, there's competency within the staff. Sometimes the boulder is just too big, and right. so. If they show a sign of life, like, man, let him stay around. Just Let's see, you got man. a sophomore quarterback, uh, a junior and sophomore running backs, bunch of sophomore, junior, freshman receivers, bunch of juniors and sophomores on the defense. Yeah, I mean, you can if, – if he's basically called into the office at the end of the year uh, and the AD hasn't made his decision and he has to sell himself, he's got some things to sell here. Uh, the only one that, that I would mention, not for this year at all, but Georgia State's two and seven, and they like Elliott a lot, but they did not expect to be back no. quite in this situation again. No, so they just lost to Texas State at home. Yeah, um, that's the only one that I would mention there. Um, let's let's keep marching. I'll just do this. Yep. I mean, this is what everybody's asking about anyway. So <laughs> um, let's go to Mountain West. Um, as with many overachievers, you have underachievers. Um, so in the Mountain West, Sanchez. Done. 
I mean, done. Is that like, are you hearing that? Because I mean, he he also has a card to play, which is that Armani Rogers has been hurt and they didn't collapse until he got hurt. Here's the reason why I think he stays one more year. Oh, okay. Okay. Here's the reason why I think he stays one more year. There, UNLV and the city of Las Vegas and a lot of the larger corporate interests and just that whole city is, is like ready for an entire sea change of culture when the stadium is built and the Raiders yeah. come. And because that involves UNLV, I think he might get a year um, to show some sort of life heading into that. Now, they could show some foresight. I don't have his buyout information in front of me. Make the clip now and then let's, let somebody build to where they're halfway right. competent um, for when that happens. But that's the only reason I would see him sticking around a little bit longer. I mean, what's, what's the cumulative overall at this point? The, like his, his entire run is – I'm oh yeah. Well, find, basically, like, if I'm arguing on Tony Sanchez's behalf. Okay. Well, um, the major thing the, I'm pulling up his year to year stuff here. Uh, the major thing he can sell is that you know he inherited a horrible program, and in his first three years, uh, he in, improved them from two wins to three, then three to four, then four to five. This year, right. when Armani Rogers got hurt, they were two and two. They were competitive at USC for about two to three quarters, and they were very competitive at Arkansas State. So they were, you know, not that far away from three and one, basically. Right. And and Armani Rogers is legitimately fun as hell. Uh, still can't really pass, but he's super. He's awesome with his legs. He has a he had a nice part with Lexington Thomas in the backfield. It was all it was all looking up. Like for through three seasons and the first month of this year, everything was looking up for UNLV. It, everything was in place. Uh, he was talking about the ways that their recruiting was improving, like they were getting a lot right. more of their first choice guys and all that. Everything was great. Since Armani Rogers got hurt, New Mexico 50 to 14. Utah State fifty to nine to twenty eight. Air Force forty one thirty five. They did almost beat Air Force. Um, San Jose State fifty to thirty seven. Uh, San and Jose Fred, State is what the worst team in the league. Just yeah. Well, they were until Armani Rogers got hurt. Um, but then and then Fresno State this last week forty eight three. Like they so number one their defense is still terrible. He has yet to figure out the defense and he made a mm-hmm. he's made some changes. They were really hopeful that the the changes would be exactly what was needed. They still stink on defense and that doesn't have anything to do with Armani Rogers. But they still like his selling point is basically when my quarterback was healthy everybody was happy and when we were on a freaking roll. Um, and then suddenly they weren't so. That's not, that's, that's, I, I, I think he probably stays simply because a month and a half ago, nobody in their right minds was even considering uh, letting him go. Okay. I I would would side with, I would side with you on this. Um, I I say, let's, let's keep, let's keep Tony Sanchez employed. Okay. Sounds good. Good. All right. All right. You're safe. You're good. Um, (laughs) A year ago, Mike Bobo was being talked about for SEC jobs. Yep. They're three and six. And, um, I think they won't. I don't know if it, I don't see three a three loss swing to end the season with Nevada, Utah State, and Air Force. They are, they but, are um, before you go any further. They yeah. are at least a projected thirteen point underdog in all three of those games because Nevada's suddenly good. Okay, Nevada was the one I was going to give them. <laughs> so okay, all right. So um, yeah, that's not one I've heard anything on specifically yet. But with with the health stuff before the year. Yeah. Um, just a, a, a massively disappointing swing this season. Yeah. I didn't, I don't know if the health stu- stuff like helps him or hurts him. Uh, yeah. I, I just, I'm, I'm just adding that for context. Yeah, no, no. Not, I mean, like, it's, it's I don't want to build it one way or the other. Yeah. Um, yeah. By the way, air force is three and six. The irony there just being that Troy Calhoun used to get mentioned for every 
MFing job in America <laughs> to the point where I have that as a running joke with a major agent. <laughs> There's a major agency that represents college football people. And last year I got a little lippy after, uh, <laughs> after I had some, uh, some beverages at AFCA and just started making the Troy Calhoun joke. Which is it like literally when any job opens, someone right. is legally required to mention Troy Calhoun. Um, yeah, that's it. Um, New, I mean, New Mexico, I don't know if they know how to fire people. So, right. I know if, mean, if they do, then I mean, he's three and six. Whatever shine he had has worn off, and he got into all that trouble at the uh, end of last year. And nothing happened. But yeah, they forcefully supported him. They basically. You know, he's going to serve his suspension, but he's our man. We're not changing. Nothing could make us change. How um, shitty would it be that they, that's what, like, football gets them fired, but the other stuff doesn't? Because, again, they're headed to play Air Force. New Mexico is. Yep. New Mexico has lost four straight. Yep. Okay. Um, Since last destroying win, UNLV. They right. Their won. last win was <laughs> UNLV, and they still have Air Force, Boise, and Wyoming. If they fire him for football reasons and not all the other heinous stuff, that's uh, – mm. Yeah, he almost – you almost Love want them sport. to not make that call just so the optics aren't as bad as humanly possible. But uh, they are as bad as humanly possible. Yeah, um, they really could finish three and nine. Um, so over in the MAC, um, Kent State is just starting out. Everybody's yep. still happy there. Um, they uh, they feel good about what they're doing. Yeah, they've and shown they some two, life, and they have two wins. So good on them. I mean, I'm not being a dick. <laughs> no, that's the, yeah. No, yeah. it could be worse. Um, so the the three to watch there are, and this is just just. I'm going by record purely, although I've heard a little bit that Miami might open. Um, so Miami's three and six, Bowling Green's one and eight, and Central Michigan is one and eight. No, one and nine. Yeah. One and nine. Okay, yeah. Um, those three, if you want to try and sell me on keeping anybody there, I'll listen, but eh. Yeah, I think – let's see. Let me see if I can do it just as an exercise. For Central yeah. Michigan, uh, John Bonamago. Um, John Bonamago. So Central Michigan, like I, I think the, the the selling point that he has, and honestly, it's I think a pretty ju- justifiable one. Um, mm. This is his what his fourth year, I think. Let's see. Let me make sure before I go any further. It's either his third or his fourth. It is his fourth year. Um, he got hired after um, Dan Enos left, and they had to sign a signing class without a head coach. Uh, that was three years ago. So the people they signed in a signing class without a head coach are now the upperclassmen for a one and nine team. Um, this was, he inherited a burgeoning black hole of a couple of, uh, well, at least one recruiting class. All right. Hey, I'll say this right now. I'll stop you right there in the Mac for me. That's enough because okay. Mac yeah. team cycles so predictably right. on talent and depth and, and, and experience. So, yeah. yeah. I'm, Totally okay. I'm good. We'll keep. Okay. Going. Yeah. No. So, cause, and he made bowls his first three years. They weren't. They weren't great teams. Yeah. Uh, and they, their offense, I think, was was quite bad last year. They had the worst offense in America this year. Um, horrible in every way. But no seniors to be found just about anywhere because again, their senior class was. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I remember uh, that. that. Actually, they're 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 a few seniors on their defense, but the defense is actually pretty good. Their offense is 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 completely inexperienced. That Central Michigan search, nobody remembers. It was like a kissing cousin to the Tennessee search last year, except it was like incredibly low profile, and it wasn't like cycling through a new name every day. It was just right. that like. I remember specifically I would call like my guys, the people that I would talk to on a daily basis during the height of coaching, coaching searches. 
And I, for like multiple times, we would forget that Central Michigan had not hired a coach. Yeah. Yeah, Dan Enos left for left to become Brett Bielema's offensive coordinator um, at Arkansas. Now he's at Alabama, so I mean it's worked out great for him. But um, he like they they let I don't remember when he left specifically, but it was like with what a couple weeks before signing day probably. And at some yeah. point, Central Michigan basically said, "Yeah, we're just going to go ahead and sign a class and then get back to our coaching search." And they had cool. to go. Bonamigo was like a what was he like a special teams assistant in the NFL or something? He was a CMU alum. So, I mean, he, he was way, way, the, the only thing I was told is that he was way, way down the list. Yes. So that's, so now as I jog my own memory, they ain't firing him. <laughs> it would be really mean to basically have him come in and do better than expected. And then the moment he falls apart because of all the crap that happened right before they, yeah. they hired him, it would be really mean of them to turn around. All right, and fire uh, him. Bowling green in Miami. Bowling Green's done. I mean, that's already been done. But um, Miami Miami has mastered the art of being pretty good on paper and losing every damn close game. They've been doing it for years. Um, he has by far the worst close game record you could imagine for, for guys who are still employed. Um, so they are 72nd in S&P Plus. Not bad at all. They're 3-6 and six because they lost 35-28 to Marshall and 40-39 to 39 to Western Michigan and 31-30 to Army and 51-42 to 42 to Buffalo in a game that was one possession late. Um, they just cannot... Like uh, win close games, and so like if if you can definitively say you are the reason we're losing these close games, and if you remember that bowl game they had a couple of years ago against Mississippi State, where they're a heavy underdog and they're like kicking eighteen yard field goals and playing playing the game like a favorite. That was the uh, St. Pete Bowl yeah. on the real crappy turf. Right, where they had a legitimate chance to beat an SEC team, and he played things as scared and conservatively as possible. Like, that made me think. I, I obviously haven't seen all these close games. I've seen parts of a lot of them. Um, but it makes me think that it really might be him. Like, that, that, like, this isn't some randomness thing where the luck will turn around at some point. It really yeah. might. Their bad close game record might be because of him. Okay. Um, Carl Polini. Just hear me out. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Just hear me <laughs> out. Okay. All right. Uh, Just going. hear me out. Right. Okay. Yeah. Gotta give me a shot. That, that was quite the the lurch uh, there. <clears throat> Bowling Green. Jinx has been gone for two games now. Three, yeah. Two, yeah. Two, two games. Something, yeah. 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 Uh, blown out by Ohio. Uh, lost by one touchdown to Kent State. Mm-hmm. Um, but any Central loss Mich- is a bad loss to Kent State. Hey, hey, Central Michigan, they can win that game. Okay. Yeah. All right. They close with Buffalo. Mm-hmm. They're probably not going to win nope. that game. Nope. All right. Let's say let's say you win this weekend. All right. You got a 500 Akron team. Mm-hmm. Let's get Carl Polini hired. <laughs> um, let's get Carl Polini off sure. the schneid. Okay. Let's get Carl Polini. Let's get him two W's in his last three games. Okay. Well, they better come in and the next two three weeks. Three win Bowling Green. Three win Bowling Green retains its interim Carl Polini. I mean, it would hey man, save them some money, and it would be more sensible than basically saying, "Hey, Texas Tech has a good offense. They're like two thousand miles away, but let's hire somebody from their staff who's never been to Ohio." You know, um, it, it, it didn't work at all. Yeah, <laughs> at all. I, I feel bad. Like we talked, but about, damn, like, I, I like. Hey, man, we like weird I know, stuff. On this I know. Show. I like creativity. I don't want to make fun of it, but that was yeah. stre- that was stretching the bounds even for me. Like really, like not, there were no red flags when he said Ohio is Ohio the one next to Indiana. Like there, there were no. <laughs> 
Like at some point, like no matter how weird and creative you want to get, at some point there has to be a red flag about like just thinking, okay, no, no, you cannot do this. And and he there was no red flag. Uh, Big 12, I can do really fast. It's um, so it's the two Kansas schools. Obviously, we reported on the Kansas stuff over the weekend. Um, I don't we'll, we'll, just in terms of brevity in this segment, we won't talk necessarily about Willie Fritz stuff right now. But uh, K State, we're in a perpetual retirement watch. I mean, we, that story hasn't mm. changed. So it's a Kansas Kansas State dynamic. The only other thing I'll mention in the Big 12. By the way, a four and five TCU, you're out of your freaking mind. Okay. You had a bad <laughs> yeah, year. Shut not, up. Yeah. Don't let's not even, I'm not even acknowledging. And to, and by the way, to TCU's credit, no one has said that. Like, I haven't even seen that on Twitter. Like, oh, okay. I thought just, you were responding to something. I just, I don't want anybody like, I know it, like they're going to lose to West Virginia. And so, like, it's it, it's not a great year. It's going to be a bad year. Yep. Right, I go to wall. Like, but, but Got come to, on. Need, need to make some offensive changes. And he's shown yes. that he'll probably make the changes he needs to make. Yes, and also I still think you're capable of, of of winning the rivalry game against Baylor and maybe even upsetting Oklahoma State in the season. So, like, you're good. Uh, Baylor, mm-hmm. if there's an if there is a major NCAA development there, if an NOA is delivered and it looks kind of doomsdayish, I think you see Matt Rule start to look around. Okay, I think, I think, I think. Okay, I, I think it would have to be really bad, but it, you know, for all we know, it could be really bad. Exactly, and that's why I bring it up. Um, he's in a great situation in terms of the structure of that deal and the guarantees in place. And at some point, we'll look at Baylor and not see all that heinous shit from back when. But like, he's doing a good job. Yeah, like yeah, inarguably, no, they, they, they inarguably are... for what that what was left and what was there and what they cobbled crap out of like this he's doing a good job right now and, and what's strange is they've done it um offensively like their defense yeah. e- even adjusting for opponent their defense has been bad phil bennett has not um that's his, not not phil bennett um that's crap hold on hold on googling googling uh he he brought his old uh his old seasoned uh defensive coordinator from temple it's gonna piss me off when i find his name here in about phil snow i think is it phil snow come on come on load Man, Bill's having a day. Uh, so technically, if it's Phil Snow, I got it before I pulled up the page. Phil Snow, all right. Phil Snow, his seasoned old uh, defensive coordinator from Temple, who was awesome at Temple. He brought him to the Big Twelve, which is really mean if you think about it. Um, and it has not worked out just yet. But mean their offense, paying him a ton of money, true. Um, but even with Charlie Brewer battling injuries, they're up to forty second offensively. They were horrible offensively last year. Uh, they just had a really nice comeback against Oklahoma State. Um, now I will say this: other five wins this season, a bad UTSA team, Abilene Christian, the both Kansas schools, and they upset and an Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, State team yeah. that's just shaky as all hell. But it doesn't matter from what you're coming. No, back yeah, from, no, that's you're winning games yeah. and and you're you're headed in a positive. I'm yeah, I'm I'm sold on him. If that situation, if he's staring down a ten year path or like worse, right. <laughs> or if they want to try and like slam that roster again with restrictions, mm-hmm. like. I, I doubt I they will. My I guess don't know is they anybody won't. sticking around. Yeah. I, well, I'm saying my guess is they won't do that. But um, yeah. I mean, it's just it really is a dartboard that they're throwing at. So uh, who the hell knows? It's pretty bad. Um, I don't want to go to the ACC yet because it's got the most motion, and I want to ask you about the yeah. uh, North Carolina stuff that I was working on. So um, shout out to, of course, Scott Frost buyout. You know we're, that's definitely on the board. <laughs> Idiots. Um, 
it's Rutgers and Maryland. Um, it's just Rutgers and Maryland and Big mm-hmm. Ten. I mean, everybody else is. If you're talking about Minnesota right now, don't. Um, yeah, like Indiana and Minnesota both have to be a little frustrated right now. Indiana basically got eliminated from likely bowl competition by losing to Minnesota. Minnesota yeah. was looking good, and then they turned around and got rocked by Illinois. So now yeah, but if you're Indiana, you can beat Maryland this weekend, and then I mean Purdue is a rivalry. I mean they're better than you in every phase, but like Purdue's a it's a rivalry game. Well, sure. And I mean it's yeah. It's, if you want to get up for a rivalry game at home in state rival and with bowl eligibility on the line, like there's a possibility there. Sure, um, and it's at home. You, but, but like. Oh, yeah, yeah, Michigan's going to get ugly. But what I'm saying is, like, the, the, you could legitimately say both of those teams have had disappointing years. That's not the yeah. same thing as saying fire the guy. They're, no, they're nowhere close. No, no, no. Yeah. Um, um, every, yeah, everything else is consistent at the top. Obviously, yeah, there's Lovey. Lovey is – I don't want to say he's saving – like, well, first of all, I, I think he was probably coming back no matter what because – I, I think short of – short of um, so what I was told like was short of complete system failure embarrassment, yeah. he was coming back. Yeah, and they have um, – there's this blew my mind. Like I, I knew that they had some good uh, run and success, but I wasn't really thinking about what that meant. They are currently sixth in rushing S and P plus on offense. Uh, Reggie Corbin, their leader right now has, is averaging nine yards per carry AJ Bush. The, uh, the, the two quarterbacks that they've played a decent amount, both ran the ball reasonably well. Um, they, they're, they're running the ball like crazy. As soon as they can't run the ball, as soon as they fall off schedule, whatever, th- you know, things fall apart, obviously. And their defense is terrible, uh, but they have like a legitimate strength to build on. Um, so Hardy Nickerson resigned a couple weeks ago or after that, Maryland after Maryland. Yeah. After they gave up 63 points to Maryland. Yeah. Citing personal reasons after giving up 46, 49. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's personal, bro. Well, um, I mean, technically anything's personal if you think about it, but, uh, Rutgers, I don't know what, uh, I don't know. Yeah, no, that's, it's kind of like what we were, what I was saying about Western Kentucky. Like you give him a lot of rope, but you're, but at some point you're just like, dude, come on. This is, well, it's, we, it's our fault because all we do is talk about them as a punchline and in the bigger context that people are, are discussing Rutgers is should Rutgers and Maryland have joined the big 10, which yeah. I think is a silly argument because yeah, they, they made, a, they made a ton of people, a ton of money. So right. and, and they also the governing principle of college sports. They also did join the big 10. It's over. So yeah, I mean, they're not rescinding that invite. <laughs> no. Um, so, I don't know. Uh, what do you do there? You, you do something drastically different. Yeah, because they are going to end the season. They are one and eight. They have lost eight games in a row. They have, other than, of course, almost beating Mar- uh, Northwestern, because that's because Northwestern just lives to tick me off at this point. Yeah. Um, they've been crushed by Kansas, crushed by Buffalo. They did play decent against uh, Indiana. They got crushed by Illinois. They got crushed by Maryland. Uh, they lost by 14 to Wisconsin in a game that was extremely turnovers luck heavy and should have been more like a 28-point loss. Mm-hmm. Um, they are, according to S and P, they're going to finish the season losing by 42 to Michigan, 32 to Penn state and 31 to Michigan state. Um, horrible, 12. horrible pack 12, uh, other than USC, Utah. No, Arizona. No, Arizona state. No Colorado. Probably not. Although they really do have a Colorado's, Colorado's the wild card. Yeah. Um, and, and that is based off things I've heard. Colorado's a wild card. I'm not trying to explain why or anything. I'm just no, telling we've, you. Yeah. We, we've talked about it before. Yeah. Um, Oregon state. No Cal, no Oregon, no Stanford, no yeah. Washington, no Washington state. No. <laughs> yeah. So 
for all the all the gnashing of teeth and angst over the identity of the Pac-12, there's not going to be a lot of movement other than USC potentially. Yeah, and all. I mean, a lot of that's because uh, most of those teams have hired uh, coaches within the last like two years, and so you do get a little grace period. But all right, uh, down on the Iron Throne, um, it's I mean, it's you have Auburn insanity, which is just something you should uh, always prepare for. It's like having hurricane insurance. Yeah. Um, that's a thing to what degree and to what motive. I, I, I don't know. Um, I was listening to Derek Mason on local sports talk radio this morning uh, as I was taking my kid to school and you know, Vandy is a very comfortable four and five and Vandy is also, com- I think very poised in not, I, I don't think they're going to beat Missouri, but I definitely think that they have the advantage over Ole Miss the way that roster is so crazy lopsided. And then I think they can beat Tennessee at home. Absolutely. So there's a bowl. I, I think they're much, they're infinitely more likely to finish five and seven than six and six, but they That's should what? be able, they should be able to split with Ole Miss and Tennessee. And yeah, I think you're at a point where like, no matter five what, and seven with no athletic director is keeping Derek Mason. Oh, I forgot about the athletic director situation. I was going to say like, you really can't ever, fire a Vanderbilt coach for going five and five. I mean, if he does or five and seven, if he does it like eight straight years or something, fine. But like yeah. all in all, yeah, you, you need, it, he has probably saved himself. They have proved they've like with the way they were looking earlier in the year when they were barely beating Tennessee state um, yeah. and they got crushed by Georgia and all that. I was kind of thinking that was going to be it, but then they, you know, they played reasonably well against Florida reasonably well defensively, at least against Kentucky. They beat Arkansas, yeah, no, I think he's probably saved his job, uh, but I don't think they're going to bowl. Um, and unless somebody T-bones the Gus bus, um, I think we'll see static there. All right, let's move to the bloodbath. Actually, by the way, uh, Missouri mm-hmm. fans who listen to this, the debate you've been having over the last three or four weeks about, you know, I, I think maybe Barry Odom should go and burda, 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 as Ooh, you were four and mad. four with two extremely tight losses against a top five schedule in the country. Like, I know nobody, no fan base really wants to care what the, the, the national people are saying, but if nobody else is saying a word about your coach being on the hot seat, like you're just wasting brain cells. You're just wasting energy and oxygen talking about this. It was a stupid debate, and it started to look a lot stupider when, when Missouri pummeled Florida. Anyway. Get them. Get them, Stupid. It was just so stupid. Anyway. I like it when Bill turns into a wild dog. Anger. Um. Okay, Atlantic Coast. <laughs> Remember, we kept talking about the uh, if that center of mediocrity would hold. Yeah, I, I remember pretty clearly saying, you know what? There might not be a single bad team in this conference. Godfrey, I've, yep. got, a bald, I've got a bald spot. Okay. I'm, I'm not feeling like as much of a man anymore. On your head? Uh, at, at least, yes. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, well, then maybe you should try four hymns. Okay. Um, so we're not going to read this. For, okay. All right. Well, let me tell you about something that I'm definitely not reading verbatim from ad copy that's definitely not in front of me. Okay. 66% of men lose their hair by age 35, which huh. is younger than you are now. But the thing is, when you notice hair loss, it's too late. Definitive so measures are the way to go. Uh, it's Great. It's to keep the hair you have, Bill. You got to go to the 4 It's a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness. That means pills for your penis. Okay. So specifically what you're going to do 
is you're going to talk to real doctors on the internet. They're going to give you, quote, medical grade solutions, end quote, to treat that hair loss and or maybe fix your wiener, okay? There's no snake oil pills, no gas station counter supplements. I mean, personally, I've taken some gas station counter supplements in my day. It's not the worst thing in the world, but that's not what 4 is about, all right? There's no waiting room. There's nothing awkward. No one's going to touch your junk or, or that bald spot with their actual hands unless you ask them to. If you do, that's your business. I'm just saying it's not going to happen on this particular business transaction, all right? What is going to happen is you're going to answer some questions. A doctor's going to review everything. They're going to prescribe you stuff that you can get directly for hims.com. And so if you're listening to PAPN, you can get a trial month for hims.com. You can get your hair problem, your penis problem, any kind of problem basically addressed that's on your male body. You get $5 off today while supplies last. You go to the website for all the details. You go to forhims.com slash nobody. That's forhims, F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash nobody. So there's nothing awkward like talking about this on a podcast for the... Absolutely not. Look, man, if your wiener don't work, you can still listen to podcasts about college football. In fact, that's a good way to pass the time if you can't get it up. Forehims.com slash nobody. Okay, right off the bat, Florida State's four and five. They're not firing Willie this year. Don't don't start on that. Um, Yeah, I like the way Bud has put it. Basically, it's basically like he was going to get four years. Now he's got three. three. Sure. Yeah. Um, Miami's five and four. Same rules apply. Um, I know the schedule's different, but same rules apply. Wake Forest is four and five. Should be fine. Yeah, that's been disappointing because they like. I mean, they after what they did last year and after what they looked like they were doing earlier this year. Um, you know, they beat Tulane and Towson, which I mean isn't a lot, but they were looking really good. They barely lost to Boston College, but basically from that point forward, they've been extremely mediocre, and that's been disappointing. But no, God no, you, you don't. After what Clawson's done the last couple of years, you do not even think about it. Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh. By the way, six and three, Duke. Mm-hmm. I love you, David Cutcliffe. Um, <laughs> Pitt is now five and four. God, he's he's played himself out of. God, he has coached himself out of getting fired. He has. Yeah. Um, they have VTech, Wake, and Miami. Uh, one more win. I don't think he's fired. That's it. I do. Yeah. I mean, I think I think he's pulled his he's pulled his own fat out of the fire. Speaking of pulling your fat out of the fire, because game day's there. Oh yeah. <laughs> Boston College I, is I still don't think Boston he was ever since the middle of last year I don't think he's been anywhere close to being on any sort of hot seat so, I think he was very very fortunate that the AD change happened when it did when was that I don't remember was that like two years ago now basically so basically last year it last was, year okay. they're not going to do anything right now they're not going to do anything right now and then as they sort of you know got their footing to do something he caught he caught life so yeah no i thought they've been they've been solid all year like they they just yeah. have and so I, I was really not worried about him um okay louisville <laughs> yeah i think it's gonna happen and yeah, yeah. i think it's gonna be brahm and yeah. yeah purdue's gonna have to go look for a head coach yeah i don't have any much anything much more to add to that um it Our- is monumentally embarrassing right now for what's going on yeah like i i've always um we use terms like they quit on the coach or he lost the team or whatever we, yes. they, they we use those terms too much because half the time it just isn't like that i mean you we've seen too many times where you know teams do rally they do just kind of enjoy playing football so even if their goals are shot they still will figure out a way to be motivated and all that stuff like we we overuse that and basically uh, we kind of neuter the term a little bit for when a team really, when a coach really does lose his team, or when a team really does quit on their coach, uh, like has happened at Louisville. Uh, 
Bobby Petrino's Louisville team right now looks like every other team that Bobby Petrino has left a year later. Right. <laughs> yeah. That bad. So, like, the Cragthorpe Louisville, the John L. Smith, first year Bielema, Arkansas. Um, Western last, Kentucky, because he was a month and a half of the Atlanta Falcons. Um, right. Western Kentucky is that was different. Yeah. specifically because of Braum. Yeah. Um, but every other situation, Petrino is a known cancer in terms of recruiting guys who essentially only work for him. And in this case, it's weird. It's like they just they spit the bit, man. Yeah, I mean, he lost a lot of his kind of go-to assistants. I, I really did like writing the Louisville preview this summer was really interesting because, like, on one hand, like I like I said in the off season, they he's never had a bad offense. So just because Lamar left, we can't assume that he's going to start having a bad offense now. But the whole time I was writing, I was thinking he really seriously couldn't find a defensive co- coordinator besides Brian Van Gorder. Like he couldn't. This, oh my this god! This is the PSA. This is the PSA. This is not a bit. I'm dead serious. Stop hiring that dude. But how but I, how long does this have to go on? I know I'm from the Georgia Southern family, but please don't let this color what I'm about to say. How long do y'all have to make this mistake? <laughs> Auburn, Louisville, Notre Dame, Notre Dame, Georgia Southern. Uh, I'm leaving a couple out. Like Jesus, y'all. Yeah, he had like a five-year run where he was a good coach, and he's been coasting off of that for like 15 years. Good God Almighty! But like, I, but but my point being that like he couldn't attract anyone better. It's not like I, I don't think he basically said, "Ooh, Brian Van Gorder's available. I got to snatch him up." It was like, well, somebody's got to run my defense, and you know, he couldn't Todd find. Grantham thinks you're an asshole. You are an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> oh my God, you're an asshole, like flat out. If Todd Grantham is like, man, asshole, then that's it. That's Essentially, word is bond there, okay? It's basically legally binding if Todd Grantham disapproves of your character. And I mean, yeah, like, yeah, Grantham Grantham left a very successful Louisville situation to go to Mississippi State. Um, And now he's in Florida and he did the right thing. uh, Well, yeah, I mean, clearly it was the right thing, but it was, I mean, that was like at the the high point for Louisville. Like they they were flying at that point and he had a good defense at that point and he still left. Just ridiculous. Um, so yeah, that one's that that's an opener. Um, and then as you look around before we get to North Carolina, um, you know, Georgia Tech every year kind of punching around they're, it. They're and gonna then, win the coastal. <laughs> I mean, I can go ahead and say this. I don't care. Um if they beat Miami this weekend. I was putting together no, hang on, let me just tell you okay, this, okay, yeah. you'll get a kick out of it. Um last week. I was trying to get an interview, which is really not good timing, and it's our fault. It's our fault. We were trying to get an interview with um, Paul Johnson scheduled for us for a, a thing that we're doing. Yeah. And uh, I was like interacting with the SID and everything, and he was like, SID was very professional. Everybody's really professional. Like I, I like Georgia Tech. I grew up on the option, Georgia Southern guy, whatever. I'm not being disrespectful, but. They were like going back and forth and he's like, this is a really bad time of year. And I was like, I know, I know. Like, and I'm like coming up with all these crazy ways to like basically assemble a 60 minute interview over like multiple phone calls or like showing up at a press conference and then adding on to it, whatever. But then finally I was like trying to push him for when he gets done with the regular season after they play Georgia and like he's out recruiting and there were all these caveats where every time he would say something he would have to. And I think all SIDs have to do that. They're like, Mm -hmm. if we're not in the ACC championship game. If we're not in the ACC championship game. Now, this was last week. Yeah. They had beaten Virginia, Virginia Tech. Tech but I, yep. I'm sitting there last week thinking, because they had, what, three conference losses? They were two and three in conference two. play. At that yep. point, I was like, bro, 
come on. <laughs> you don't have to say this. Is this because these emails can get FOIA'd? Is that what's going on here? So they see so if somebody were to like scrape this later and you'd be like, oh, okay, clearly yeah, this guy didn't believe. I guess that's why. I always love that when I'm trying to get stuff scheduled <laughs> or a meeting or anything. And they're like, you know, if we're not in the conference championship game and like, this has happened to me before where I'd be like, you're in fifth place. You're not going to the conference championship game. We can talk about this. Yep. Um, and now they might go to conference championship. Yeah. Game. Yeah. It's still, it's still going to take a lot, but here's what it's going to take. This is one of those things where you let, you lay it out and it all seems pretty logical. Like, so Pitt, uh, so they have three losses. Georgia tech does. So first things first, they've got to beat Miami and Virginia. Uh, they are a, they are a seven point projected underdog against Miami, but we know S and P is kind of not caught on to how bad Miami's offense is yet. Um, so, you know, if they win that, they beat Virginia. They're five and three. That means they have wins over Virginia and Miami. First of all, Miami, I guess, doesn't matter, but Virginia, that would be their third loss. Mm-hmm. Um, if let's see, so Pitt has to. They're four and one. Pitt has to lose twice, but they're projected underdogs against Virginia Tech and Miami. So they lose those games. They're five and three. Uh, beat Wake Forest, so they make a bowl and and everything's fine in our doozy land. But they're five and three. Uh, Georgia Tech's five and three. Uh, Georgia Tech has beaten Virginia Tech. So at that point, uh, Virginia Tech would need to um, let's see. Do do do. I'm I'm really confusing myself. So yeah, B- uh, Virginia Tech would have to lose to Miami or Virginia. They're five and three. Uh, Virginia needs to lose again, but. Uh, they are playing Georgia Tech, so there's your loss. Basically, it's setting up to where they could Georgia Tech would have the best odds of winning a big five and three pile, and that pile is not hard to envision at all. Basically, as long as Virginia Tech beats Pitt this weekend, ACC. Uh, all right, North Carolina, and yeah. I, I'm only holding on on them because I'm writing a story about it right yeah. now. Um, uh, I had. Coaches will start talking about jobs as soon as they possibly can. And all coaches are sort of carnivorous cannibals in that, like, <laughs> you know, they're all, it, it is an upwardly mobile industry. Yes. Um, uh, but I found it odd. And I had mentioned to the, I'd mentioned this to Jason, our college football editor way back. Um, and he reminded me of it was that a lot of people are always giving Larry the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. And which is kind of rare. Yeah. Or they'll just say like, hey, he's a good coach, but he's effed, you know, whatever. Like, uh, but a lot of coaches are saying, man, like it's just not working out for them. And that sentiment has built up a lot in all of the off the record conversations I have with <clears throat> coaches about other coaches. And you know this, Bill, like coaches love to gossip. They're, oh, yeah. they're very catty. Um, and for whatever reason, they just really everybody kind of stumps for North Carolina in a certain way. And so I, I built out a couple of reasons for this piece that's going up today. Um, two coaches, what Fedora did in the first and subsequent wave of NCAA stuff, yeah. which had zero hand in causing is very admirable. He stuck around. He was a hot name, Tennessee specifically. He was mentioned around Florida before they hired McIlwain. He was a guy whose name showed up. He, you know, it's even in local media when you go back and scrape through the archives, like he was telling local guys, I really like it here. We can do something here. Yeah, I did get offered by this place and it was a lot of money. He stuck around. Yeah. The second thing in a more practical level, I mean, that earns equity with coaches, but other fans, I mean, fans don't really care. But the other thing is they have had between the quarterback situation this year and the injuries and then the suspensions from the 
uh, apparel gate. That's not even a good gate, is it? I don't know. Just the selling apparel. They had 13 kids suspended. And that impact the, impacts the quarterback situation, which then in turn, it doesn't cause the injury, but when you couple it with the injury, you essentially have no quarterback play for the year. Mm. Then you look at the fact of what you just mentioned, which was quitting on a team or a team quitting on a coach either way. This does not look like that at all, right? Right. This is not, this is sort of the antithesis of the Louisville situation in that they are, they get blown out by Miami. They got beat, I don't know, blown out, but they got beat pretty good by ECU. It's like 20 something points, right? That yeah, one, that's, that's a blowout. Yeah. That looks pretty gross, right? <clears throat> no way around that. But they didn't shut down. And coaches, take that as like this huge it's a big metric for coaches more so than normal folks like us for for whatever reason so those reasons essentially that and the sheer number of injuries and the circumstances our boy paul johnson even made a comment about it which is what i led my story with after they after they beat north carolina this weekend um and that really the saddest part of that game was they bring in a true freshman who actually starts to look really good Mm at quarterback and then he gets injured yeah then he gets injured so do they move on from larry fedora they have a 12 to 14 ish million dollar buyout that's a lot of money yeah the ad bubba cunningham came in from tulsa when fedora came in from usm that speaks to me like there's a, a lot of trust and faith and, and they, they got some miles on the road together. Right. Right. It's not a situation where like, dude, the second Jeff Long got hired, I was like, well, Beatty's done. <laughs> right. Yeah. What he does, right. That's, that's the business. Um, this just, this feels like more than any of the jobs, at least on the P five that we just discussed, mm-hmm. that this is one of those jobs where they might just have to stare a two win season in the face and say, we're holding strong. Right. And they didn't have a good year last year. Right. They're at 16 losses and counting through two seasons. So, yeah, I mean, in the name of here, let me pretend to be the the embattled head coach's agent and try to sell you on why you shouldn't fire my client. Um, it, so, st- ignoring first the last two years, just talking about his first five years there, 2012 to 2016. Um you know, he inherits a, 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 all the, the turmoil from the NCAA stuff. Uh, has a decent roster, goes 7-4 and four his first year. Um, doesn't really have a defense that first year, but does all right. Next year, t- uh, 25th in S&P Plus. Still, still only 7-6, and six, but a much, much, much better 7-6. and six. Uh, The next year, their offense is good. Their defense is terrible, so he goes out and hires Gene Chizik. Uh, finishes 28th in S&P Plus, wins 11 games. Uh, the next year, they're only eight and five, but they were 21st in SP Plus. Like they were playing reasonably tough schedules, probably losing a few games they shouldn't lose, but they three top 30 appear, uh, finishes in four years. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what we've always expected from North Carolina, but never gotten. Like, and, that's, other- and it's funny you say it that way <clears throat> because that's another point I made via anonymous coach quotes, which is that coaches are starting to get wary of these jobs that are supposed to be turnkey, but never are. Right. And it's I didn't use the A and M comparison in the piece, but because I I just think the context and the way people are going to process it, it's not going to. I think it's just going to create a, a Twitter reaction I don't need, and it's not going <laughs> to. I don't think it's going to achieve the point I'm trying to go for. But like, 
it's kind of like A&M. Yeah, it's like a poor man's A&M. Everybody looks on that piece of paper and goes, well, A&M, you know, because of the money and the support and Texas and da-da-da, they should just be killer, right? But they never right. have been. But they never are, yeah. Yeah, so but so through his first, whatever that is, six years at, uh, five years at, uh, at UNC, he had, he aced it. He absolutely aced it. Now, last year, you could see a mile, coming a mile away because of everything he had lost. They were going to be in, in for a little bit of a rebuild last year. There was no way around it. It was a little worse than expected, uh, partially because they never could figure out the quarterback situation. Um, but their, but their defense also kind of fell apart. Chizik left, uh, their defense also, uh, fell apart a little bit. And so it wasn't a great situation, but you could see the rebuild coming a mile away. And so this year was supposed to be the year that they at least start to build off of that and, and improve again. But then you lose however many players to suspension you lose, uh, the quarterback situation really has, I, when you were talking, I actually accidentally said the wrong injured for the season, true freshman. You were talking about a different injured for the season, true freshman, uh, because they started the year with Nathan Elliott during the suspension. Uh, uh, Chaz Surratt comes back after suspension, pl- uh, throws 10 passes, gets hurt for the year. He's He's mm-hmm. been out since October 10th with a wrist injury. Um, they, Cade 14, I guess is how you say his last name. He comes in, does okay. True fr- uh, freshman quarterback comes in, does okay. Uh, lost for the season with a leg injury. And then this week you were talking about Jace Reuter, who started right. the game four for five against Georgia Tech for, let's see, four for five for 80 yards and a touchdown. Uh, and then he had another 70-something yard drive two in the game and lost for the season with an arm injury so it's bad dude. like that's <laughs> that's crazy. that's amazing like you do not see they're going to end up with let's see nathan elliott's going to end up throwing three or four hundred passes but then you have Cade 14 with 24 chad Surratt with 10 jace Reuter with five all has having like been anointed as like the first string quarterback at some point um, and all of them getting hurt, except poor Nathan Elliott, whose confidence is is gone at the moment, and who's the worst quarterback now. Right, I, mean, I, know, I know the the Jace kid only got like two drives from himself, but like it's essentially that as soon as the suspension is the went only down, quarterback it, now. Yeah, but what it went from a quarterback race in camp to right. we got to start this guy because of this t shirts and shoes thing, right. and then it just <laughs> it went to hell after that. So yeah. Um, it's really a matter of optics and it's a really hard thing to sell because there are a lot of people that would take this job in a heartbeat. Yep. Um, there are a lot of people that want to get in, use the jump man and the Nike and the <laughs> Jordan and the basketball and the, and the blue and all of it, you know, um, I'm not advocating one way or the other. This is just going to be one of those really tough calls because yeah. I'm not trying to stump for fedora. I mean, I've interviewed the guy. I met him a couple of times, whatever. And the CTE comments this offseason were yeah, completely tone deaf. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't help the, himself. The problem with the CTE things is that we're seeing now that at, with every study that comes out, that we, there's there, it seems that we know less and less about CET, CTE, and there's also a, a multitude of things that are non-direct contact that are contributing right. to CTE. I know this specifically because – I led a different life once and I am friends with one Mick Foley, the famous professional wrestler. Oh, that's right. And Mick, uh, what's he coming on the show? I don't think Mick gives a rip about football. Um, I didn't say we had to talk about football anyway. That's true. Um, so he's basically does stand up comedy now and dips in and out of wrestling appearances and that kind of stuff. But the last time I saw Mick, we were talking about, 
the CTE and he's very, very makes a very smart guy. Very, very, very intelligent human being mm-hmm. and is very mindful of like, it's not really kind of the jock stereotype in that world and is very mindful of his recall and his, you know, having good days and bad and everything that you hear about ex NFL players like Mick deals with that. And then some because of the other physical things that were done to his body. Cause he was a hardcore wrestler. I'm getting to a point here. And the point is this, <laughs> He is now, based on the doctors that he works with and stays, you know, he gets monitored frequently. They have discussed how, and I'm going to butcher this, but there are essentially micro concussions that occur, Mm -hmm. not from head trauma specifically, but the way Mick was talking about it was if he landed hard on his hip on the edge of the ring apron, if you know anything about pro wrestling, you can visualize this, right? He lands hard on his hip in a certain way. Based on the way his body is positioned, the internal impact of that can actually jar the brain. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. So this is the kind of, now to get back to Fedora, this is the kind of like, pardon the pun, gray area (laughs) that is affecting the gray matter. And it's very un there's a lot we don't know this is me reaching to try and explain away fedora just a a, a switch being flipped in his head and him (laughs) deciding to go on this this pulpit in in a terrible place which is like you you don't want to say anything in media days unless it's funny you don't (laughs) you want to be uh mike gundy's mullet you want to be like uh Robbie Caldwell talking about, uh, you know, uh, animal insemination, right? Like you don't want <laughs> to ever be, you don't want to take us, even Saban has made this, made this mistake with the whole, is this how we want football to be? And now, you know, two is running RPOs and no huddle and da, 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 da. Yep. So it was a bad move by Fedora. I think you just, it, it's just an unforced error. You don't have to say that. Nobody was pushing you in that direction. It wasn't, a, it wasn't something that specifically pertained to you or your players. I get that he's passionate about it, but he brought, he brought hellfire down on himself when he didn't need to. And right. most coaches are going to avoid that like crazy. Yeah, I think – and that was such a, a turning point like from a coverage standpoint because yeah. he – Right, I, I'm pulling up the quotes again. Like he basically it's starts with a kernel of truth, saying, "I I don't think it's been proven that the game of football causes CTE." Now that's be, be, depend the way you spin that, you can technically say that's true. At the same time, I mean, of course, come on, let's come on, let that's stupid. Come on, let's not let's not you know pull a semantics semantics argument here. But anyway, like from that point, like uh, so many media members, and I don't know about UNC boosters, but so many media members basically responded to that with just kind of like some somewhat justified frustration and huffiness and from that point forward like you start to look at how he did last year i think everybody started to view last year a lot more harshly after he opened his mouth at media day and then you start to look at the suspensions and you start to realize man he's gonna have another bad year he's fired he's done he's toast and like so because of this unforced error it, it, he became toast when it came to uh, hot seats and whatnot. And I don't know, I don't know if that happens if he doesn't say this immediate day, but that, uh, you know, that's uh, all of this is a, a long way of basically saying like, I don't know how the administration does or should view him because technically what the dude says at media day shouldn't have as much weight as it had with among us. 
And so I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where he stands because he can make a case that, yeah, as of a year and a half ago, he was acing this job and no, and he can make the case that nobody was going to succeed offensively this year. Now, John Papushis needs to go. His defensive coordinator they replaced Chiswick with has been terrible. Um, they've been in the nineties in defense two straight years. That has nothing to do with the quarterback play or, well, I, you know, Maybe they're on the field too much. I don't know, but um, nothing directly to do with football. You need Chizik uh, to get Chizik to come back. <laughs> well, I mean, I think I think Gene Chizik is loving life right now. <laughs> hey, let me tell you something. By the way, just as an aside, I'm loving the Gene Chizik Renaissance. Yeah, it's the McConna, it's the McConaissance of um, of of ex head coaches in college football. Yeah, it's our little McConaissance. It is like it's great. Yeah, I, I mean, Happy, he's funny. Yeah, he's making leg day jokes on Twitter. Yeah. He's talking about playing Xbox with his kids and just living his best life. He's doing, he's good humored on the on uh, on broadcasts. Like he had to do, didn't he? I think they had to do the UCF Temple game last week where he and um, Dusty Dvorak, a former defensive player, had to watch the really defensive good, struggle, dude. and they had fun with it. It wasn't like Chris Spielman where in that Baylor Washington Alamo Bowl where you like it was almost uncomfortable because he was so mad at the defenses. Like they were having a little fun with it, and it was enjoyable to listen to. Um, it's uh, other than uh, who do we stump for as far as Brock? Obviously, our buddy uh, Cole Kublik. Um, yeah, but Chizik's done really well. This is just as a quick aside. I'm trying to think of anybody who's jumped out at me. I've been watching a lot of games on mute. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I spent a, I spent a lot of my time not either not paying attention or just flipping back and forth between so many games that I'm not really I, I don't hear what anybody's saying. Yeah, it's um, I don't like a lot of the most popular <laughs> play by play people, and I don't yeah. because I also run into these people, so I don't like to voice my opinion on this. So you'll hear me stump for those who the the folks I like. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of any other shout outs I want to get. Adam Amin's good. Um, Adam's great. I don't mean I really like, I think he gets the spirit of the thing and it's not just about, it's not just about directing all the massive amount of information one way or the other, but he still finds a way to do that effortlessly and also get the, the fun of it. You know, the, mm. the, the, oh, the yeah. simple enthusiasm of it without screaming. Yeah. Um, he basically, he has become the new Joe Tessitore. Tessitore, I kind of stopped enjoying quite as much. I'm not completely sure why. Maybe that was, just, maybe it's just me. Um, Tess is doing Monday Night Football, right? Yeah, yeah. I've seen um, zero Monday Night Football games this year. I, I was see. at a dinner when the Falcons played the Giants and watched it on mute on my phone. So I love Tess, but yeah, isn't well, that that's a Witten thing though, right? Well, no. I, before this year, though, before this year, I kind of oh. like I, I don't know what it is. It might just be all in my head, so I, I don't want to put any weight in that. But I mean, has been able to kind of step in and be the. Uh, making dramatic things dramatic, uh, like very clearly prove that he's enjoying himself, um, and and then also you know call the game well. The stuff like the women's basketball stuff, I think, just endeared him even further um, with how well he called all those dramatic finishes. But anyway, okay, guess what? That was a whole show because I have to go to the dentist. <laughs> oh well, have fun with. That I we that's that's the stuff we knock out in August. Uh, a dentist, but yeah, before the season starts, get all of I our appointments out of the sorry, way. Sorry, Dad, I broke a tooth. Okay, well that's a little different. I broke. Uh, I did break a tooth over the summer and didn't do anything about it, and that, <laughs> that put me behind on a cleaning. And so, uh, here's the best part about that: I'm going to get a cleaning because it's uh, it's regularly it's a regular cleaning here at a dentist in Nashville, which is like insurance covers it. And then my father-in-law, who's a dentist, is going to fix my tooth over the oh, holidays. Well, there you go. 
Um, I don't know if that's privilege or country ass or a little of both. Well, <laughs> you know, it's all fair. It's all fair. Um, I, I came from a small town where like all the dentists, the dentistry was, you know, just connected to who, you know, you, you go to one of three and, and the reasons you choose uh, the one of three is not because of quality. Um, the, uh, update from Baton Rouge real quick. Uh Oh, we didn't really do any reactions, but, um, there was a text thread that apparently I wasn't added to because my father-in-law and brother-in-law were, um, substantially inebriated after being in tiger stadium on Saturday (laughs) night. Um, but I would like to inform everyone that, uh, right now, it has been zero – well, it's been two days now since every one of my in-laws swears they're never going to another LSU game again and never going to pay for a ticket again. Two days. It's been okay. two days since the LSU world ended. Okay. By the way, they're going to go 10-2 and two and go to Sugar Bowl this year. I was about to say. I just like, yeah, that maybe, out there. Maybe 9-3 and three if, if they get some bad breaks. Um, y'all, are the, y'all are one of the most fun fan bases in the world. Y'all are also one of the thinnest-skinned, <laughs> biggest babies ever. Oh, my God. It's one of the reasons I just want the Saban era to end. Like Because it, it, it's just it's – the, it's the ex-wife, ex-husband thing over and over just i was very impressed with our own crew our own sb nation lsu yep. crew at and the valley shook where they were literally like podcast like 45 minutes later it was like hey y'all hawaii game starting yep. like <laughs> just dust yourself off like um, what did you expect like that that's really i know that's not a satisfactory answer when you lose to a rival who's coached by your ex by your ex but like you still like what did you expect i don't get the real quick i don't get the angst either um over what O said after the game about like he didn't throw, I don't yeah, like I guess you can say he threw people under the or threw his players under the bus but like the here's here's my pushback yeah, on that here's yeah. my pushback on that well no that's the play it got oh I know and I don't agree with that yeah, at okay, all yeah, but yeah. yeah my pushback is this LSU is one of the most talented teams in the country mm-hmm. perennial because of Louisiana and the brand and all that we talk about it but also like the expectation at LSU. Uh, sane or not is to beat Alabama. So if Alabama is that, I mean, look, they, they give me some math words. They're outlier. They skew everything right as an outlier so far that it so far out of whack. It just makes people insane when they right. try and do comparative like self evaluations, like yeah. Auburn and LSU and Florida and Georgia. Uh, Auburn like, and LSU and teams like that are all performing as talented teams typically perform, which is to say they don't always meet their talent levels. Uh, they yeah. go, they go up and down a little bit. If you have a run of like three top 10 S and P performances in four years, that's good no matter what. Uh, but yeah, Saban has made people crazy and think, and, and has led people to believe you can be in the top two every single year. So um, if you're crazy and miserable about Alabama and you want to beat Alabama and then your coach comes out after the game and said, look, Cause I talked to them, I talked to LSU people on the staff the, the next day, just casually. And mm. there was no, like, they didn't flip the tape on and see something. Oh my God. It wasn't one of those moments. They were like, we got beat individual matchups on the lines. We yep. got beat blocking. We got beat tackling. Like it's really there. I mean, honestly, <laughs> if you want to isolate some plays, it's, there were a lot of just matchups where Alabama was fundamentally better. Yeah. And is that talent or coaching? I don't know, but like, for Ed to say, hey, we're going to need more talent to beat Alabama, I didn't think that was some sort of heinous crime against his roster. Yeah, my my only pushback against what he said wasn't like that he was insulting his roster. It was just that like Arkansas State moved the ball better than you against Alabama. Uh, 
Arkansas yeah, moved the ball true. better than you. Tennessee moved the ball better than you. Like, like other teams figured out how to move the ball at least a little bit before the fourth quarter. And so, like schematically, we know that they are intentionally <laughs> brutish. Well, they scored a point. Yeah. Touchdown. Yeah. Um, and I mean LSU. You know, in all fairness, LSU should have probably end up ended up with about ten. They missed the, the short field goal. They oh, that was my time. criticism. I was doing uh, radio in Shreveport. Um, that was my criticism. Was why are you out there with the field goal unit? <laughs> well, I did not like that. Yeah, I mean that that was that was definitely a we don't want to get a sh- get shut out moment. But no, just like other teams figured out to move how to move the ball better than you against Alabama, and so you should be. You are 74th in offensive S&P Plus. Nothing, nothing short of being top five was going to give you a chance against Alabama, yeah. but you still have been underwhelming this year, and you had nothing to offer until late in the third quarter offensively. And that should be a thing that you look at, it's, and, and you should figure out whether your, 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 your path for moving forward offensively is, is, is a path. But otherwise, what happened was exactly what was supposed to happen. And uh, yeah, now you're going to go move on and you're going to finish either nine and three or 10 and two. Uh, and, and you're going to end up having overachieved comp- against a dramatically awesome schedule. And you'll, you're, you're fine. You're not great. You're not in great shape, but you're fine. Okay. Um, we got to go. Uh, tasting menu. We'll keep the full format for Thursday. Um, you guys yeah, I have like some that. interview. I have some interview ideas moving forward, but it does. We we need to, yeah. We're, for for now, like we, this is the meat of the schedule. We got a lot to talk about. Yep. All right, that's fine. Uh, we can bring interviews back when we want to. We can kind of do whatever we want to, as long as yep. the podcast goes up. We're a step ahead of full cast. <laughs> See you Thursday.